It's time for the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in. It is the North Idaho PrepCast on IdahoSports.com, breaking down districts one and two week in, week out in the great state of Idaho. My name is Brandon Bainey, and we are joined by Ryan Skaggs, our North Idaho expert. Yo, what's up, Skaggs? Not much. It's flannel season. <laughs> yeah, you've you've officially broken it out. We have a light dusting of snow up here in North Idaho. And well, fall was nice, I guess. We went straight from <laughs> summer to winter again. Yeah, temps go from like 80 to 35 like it saw a state trooper. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I like that. That's really good. Um, yeah, and I feel like that's we're, we're going 85 full steam ahead here with postseason events in the state of Idaho. Uh, state soccer was last week. We'll touch on that here in a second. State volleyball is coming up this weekend in North Idaho. You've got tournaments being held at Lake City, Coeur d'Alene, Post Falls, and Lakeland, as well as Lewiston High and LCSC, Lewis and Clark State College. So it's always nice when the North gets to host an event. Yeah, especially, I mean, they do a great job hosting volleyball too. So um, some phenomenal facilities that we have up here in North Idaho. So I know people don't complain too much if it's up here other than the drive when they're coming from, you know, District 5 and District 6. But uh, other than that, no, they, they do a phenomenal job up here uh, hosting state events, and I hope we get more in other sports in the future. And weird, the hotel infrastructure seems to be just fine, despite everybody, oh, they can't handle it up there. So Yeah, it, apparently we don't know where people can stay and sleep, and we'd, we've never heard of a hotel up north. So, yeah. I don't, <laughs> Tom Bodette left the light on for somebody last night because there's teams that are coming into town. So <laughs> I think that's going to be our title. We'll leave the light on for you. <laughs> I mean, you know, you know, we're like scratching the bottom of the barrel. And I'm dropping Tom Bodette references. <laughs> Does that guy still do the Motel Eight commercials? Motel Six. I or, no yeah, idea. Motel Six. Sorry. Yeah, I have, I have no idea. But I mean, I remember the commercials as a kid. They were always on the radio. But yeah. um, I mean, there's there's very few Motel Sixes that I know that are still open. And if they are, they're not necessarily always in the nicest part of town. <laughs> so. Yeah. It'll, it'll, it'll get you through. Um, but that's about it. Uh, for I, sure. I could tell some motel six stories as far as getting stuck in a snowstorm and snow Colmy pass. So yeah, there's motel six is not always the greatest place, but you know, you do what you have to do sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. You find a way. Um, so yeah, state volleyball is this week in North Idaho and then state football, uh, starts as well. The first round of the playoffs. And we'll get to all that here in just a second, but we have to start with a look back at state soccer from this past weekend. Skaggs, the big story from the North is Sandpoint showing yep. up and showing out the Sandpoint girls win their ninth championship in school history. Sandpoint boys get all the way to the championship and nearly pull it off, but they fall just short. Um, and so they take home second place. So let's start with those Sandpoint girls. Uh, some of the athletes that helped Sandpoint win the girls' basketball championship last winter are members of this girls' soccer team. And so this was about as late of a victory as you can get, Skaggs. They're playing big, bad Bishop Kelly, who's won like two-thirds of the girls' soccer championships in 4A since it became a sport. And they are tied 1-1, very late in regulation, 79th minute. There's only 80 minutes in regulation. So we're, you know, a minute to go. <laughs> Marley McCrum scores the game winner. Sandpoint wins two to one. That's a, that's an awesome finish for them. And 
Um, I mean, Caps a great season. Obviously, we knew that they were they were good and they were kind of the creme de la creme up north uh, through most of the year, and they, um, you know, didn't have any slip ups this year. I mean, you look at what they were able to do. Like, you know, they got stunned by Moscow a couple years ago in the playoffs, and uh, they were able to come through the the district bracket this year and played a, a relatively tough seeding line i thought you know at the state tournament for soccer and they were able to come in and clinch the state shot title i don't think they i think they had the more difficult road obviously to get to the title but some people may disagree with me but um now getting a state title 78th minute you get the ice water in the veins right at the end of the match and end up getting the the clincher that was a that's an awesome deal and a great job and hats off to, to that program they they built something really nice up here um, and it's girls sports all around. I mean, at Sandpoint, we've just been doing really well for the last few years. So, I mean, obviously we know about the state title last year in basketball. Um, but, you know, they could defend again this year too. I mean, that, that team could run it back pretty easily too. So there's a, yeah. there's a lot of talent walking the hallways at Sandpoint High School. Yeah, and this was a tight match throughout. So Aaliyah Strock scores early in the first half to give Sandpoint a one nothing lead. And then Sandpoint held that lead for a really long time. Bishop Kelly didn't score the equalizer until the 70th minute of regulation. So for a long time, Sandpoint had the lead and was playing great defense. Sophie Schmaltz, who's one of the best players in the state for girls soccer, she scores for Bishop Kelly. We're tied at ones. Then, of course, we have Marley McCrum's game winner in the 79th minute. But then in the 80th minute, we're talking the last minute of regulation. Bishop Kelly almost scores to send the game to overtime. One-on-one -on -one with the BK player and uh, Liliana Brinkmeyer in goal for the Bulldogs. Brinkmeyer dives, makes an outstanding save to, to preserve the win as well. So BK nearly tied it up at the end also. But Brinkmeyer in goal also came through huge for Sandpoint. So yeah, that's that's something worth mentioning. I mean, you talk about her in goal, like with a pretty lethal offense at BK that, you know, holding him to a single goal in that match and end up getting the save right at the end to, to, to clinch the victory is huge. So good job. Yeah. Box. Yeah. Con Connor Baranski, the head coach for, for Sandpoint girls soccer, uh, bringing home the title. Anytime you can beat Bishop Kelly, that's a win <laughs> for the state. Everyone's like, yep. thank you. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. So congratulations. Uh, Sandpoint boys got to the championship. Uh, they came in as the number six seed and, and both Bulldog teams obviously were underseeded. That's just life in the North mm -hmm. playing all those five A schools. Um, but Sandpoint, I think really opened eyes when they knocked out Caldwell in the first round, right? Caldwell's the big, bad soccer power in the state of Idaho. Sandpoint knocked them out in the first round. They get to the championship and they're playing Wood River. They fall three to one, but what an incredible run this was for Sandpoint's boys also. Yeah, coming off the sixth seed line, I think is a an outstanding finish. I mean, obviously you said right there that they were underseeded, and I think that says a lot about North Idaho that you know, we know that there's not gonna be the ton of respect in the seeding line um in most tournaments. I mean, we can see that change a little bit here and there with basketball with max preps and with football too you kind of get what you get but um yeah that boys team i mean they were legit they were loaded you know they went toe-to-toe -to -toe with the 5a teams up here up north who were tough this year as well so um you know getting the state championship match and, and losing a tight one to wood river who in their own right i mean they earned that victory but that's a good team too so but i think standpoint you look at who they had to play kind of along the way I mean, they played a murderer's row getting their way into that title match. And, you know, having, like you said, having to toe-toe with, with Caldwell in match one um, doesn't 
do you any favors as far as uh, seeding goes, but to get that victory was huge. And I think that was the lift in confidence they needed to get to that championship game. Um, and, and so hats off to, to that program. I know they had a great season and uh, they would have liked to have won it all, but to finish runner up in a, and with the seeding that they had was, was a phenomenal finish. Yeah, so they knock out uh, Caldwell on penalty kicks. Uh, they were tied 1-1. Uh, Sandpoint wins the shootout 5-4. Then they get to the semis against Blackfoot. They win a tight one 3-2. Uh, and then the championship where they ultimately fall 3-1. Shoutouts as well to the Lake City boys. They won the consolation trophy. They beat Centennial in the uh, fifth place match, one nothing. And shout out to the Coeur d'Alene Charter girls. They ended up taking fourth at state. They lost to Marsh Valley in the third place match, two to one. It's always weird to me. Lake City took fifth and they get a trophy. Coeur d'Alene Charter took fourth and they don't. <laughs> I mean, we see it in basketball too. We're like, there is no fifth place game. Like, yeah. <laughs> you're going to be the consolation champion. But, um, you know, that it's still great seasons for both those programs. I know that Coeur d'Alene charter had aspirations of a state title again. Um, but there's no easy roads at, at three a soccer. I look at, you know, Marsh Valley, they didn't have any favors as far as, um, matchups go in the, in their tournament too. So Coeur d'Alene charter to take home fourth places is, is respectable, obviously to get a top four finish, but, uh, Lake city getting that, that consolation victory, I think is huge, especially after kind of, the way the first match went with the loss uh, to come back and finish your straight victories is a huge uh, statement win for the program uh, as they're continuing to build and, and grow. So that that's a, a great job. You can something you can hang your hat on to, to build with next year and move forward. Yeah. So congratulations to all of our soccer teams um, for tremendous seasons. And now uh, they turn to whatever winter sport they choose to play. And for some of them, that's indoor soccer. And that's totally fine too. Uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, uh, that's right. Uh, let's, let's talk state volleyball quickly. We're not going to go too deep into volleyball because, uh, myself and Lindsay Togiai Afuk, we recorded a big state tournament preview. We went through each classification five, a all the way to one AD two. We broke down, uh, players to watch from every team. We we gave our dark horse picks. We made our championship predictions, broke down all the brackets. You can find those previews on the idahosports.com YouTube channel. And we are also putting the audio of those previews into your podcast feed here on the North Idaho Prep Cast. You can get that one of two ways. Just quickly from the North Skags, I'm looking at Troy, obviously, as a heavy favorite to win the 1A D1 championship. I'm looking at Post Falls slash Coeur d'Alene being able to compete for the top three in 5A. Um, and then I really think beyond that, I think I think Lakeland has a chance and yeah. I think Kellogg has a chance because the 4A and 2A tournaments to me are pretty wide open. Yeah, 4A and 2A are definitely wide open. I look at, at Lakeland, I mean, if they get a hot start, look out. I mean, the Hawks, Hawks can play and they show up. So uh, especially with the frontline size that they've got. I mean, you look at the net, they can defend really well. They got um, a couple girls that are over like six, one, six, two. So, I mean, they've got, they've got some height up front along that uh, net and then they, they get really good play out of their libero too. So I know that they really like what they have in their lineup. They played a tough schedule. I mean, you look at having to play Coeur d'Alene uh, twice, Lake city, twice, Lewiston, twice, post falls. I mean, you're getting those, those 5A IEL teams. So you're taking some lumps here and there, but you're also getting a few victories here and there too. So um, I like Lakeland as a dark horse pick. I really do. I think that that Hawks team could, 
could compete for a trophy uh, this weekend at state volleyball. But you look at the five A with Coeur d'Alene and Post Falls. I mean, it's it's sixes either way. I think either of those teams you could see realistically making a run. Um, you know, it's, I think who shows up uh, most consistent is obviously going to get the victory. But Post Falls had the, you know, better regular season. Coeur d'Alene got better in the postseason as things went on later in the year. So uh, they got the best of them in that in that thriller uh, championship match at, at districts. And Post Falls ended up getting a tough win over Middleton in the play-in game. So you know, both those teams are coming in and on a roll. I would say it, realistically, you could say that, you know. How can you lose the district title game and, and play a play-in game and still be in on a roll? But you look at the regular season and what they played down the stretch. Post Falls is a dangerous team. Um, so there's a there's a lot to be said, I think, with either of those programs at 5A. Um, Kellogg can make a run, too. I mean, like you said, that 2A bracket's wide open. Um, you know, all it takes is a, a few hot days in a row and you get, you know, you're playing pretty well and you're playing high percentage volleyball, you're going to win some matches. So I think if they can, you know, extend matches and it plays more to their favor because they have some good athleticism out there on the floor. But, um, and then obviously Troy, I think they're going to, they're going to take care of business. You look at that lineup and that's an absolute machine that the Trojans have down there. So um, yeah, I, I, I think it looks good for trophy finishes for the North, but I think it's going to take consistency, you know, starting, you know, match one. Yep. And that's the biggest thing is uh, you can slip up once and still have a shot, but you can't, uh, obviously if you you slip up twice, then you are done. So uh, good luck to all the volleyball teams that are competing here this week as well. All right, let's dive into state football skags. Here we are. The first round of the playoffs are upon us. And uh, I will be showing the brackets up on the screen here for those of you that are watching the video at IdahoSports.com's YouTube channel or Facebook page. So you can follow along there. Um, if you're listening audio only, it's all good. Uh, we also have the brackets right at the top of the homepage on IdahoSports.com. And you can follow along that way. So here we go. This is the 5A uh, state tournament. And if you look right away here, you'll see Coeur d'Alene gets that first round by they won the league outright they beat lewiston last week post falls we saw on thursday night beat lake city and so post falls takes second they will now host mountain view in a first round matchup on idahosports.com as they take on the mountain view mavericks this to me i think is a is a dangerous game for post falls i don't i don't feel I'll, i'll admit i don't feel great about the trojans in this spot you know, I we have to do our picks, right, <laughs> for our expert picks. And it's like, Logan, you know, I'm like, what are the standings, Logan? Because I want to pick post holes to be the fan, but I also want to win. Um, but, I mean, I think Mountain View, you see like a seven seed out of the West. Like that. that's a criminal underseeding. Like that's that's – there's like an asterisk next to that one because that team is, you know, an all real – you know, real – look at who's on their side of the the – league down there in, in the Southern Idaho conference. And, um, you know, Mountain View is a really good team. That's a, that's a absolute game that I look at it. If I'm post falls, you're going to have to play borderline a perfect ball game to get yourself a victory in that one. Cause Mountain View can control so well on offense. That defense is physical. They fly around the field playing sideline to sideline. Um, they've got numbers. That's the one thing about that program is just the amount of kids they've got in there. They've got depth, um, you know, so, 
I think Mountain View gets the win um, in that one. And I know that Post Falls fans could get mad at me for living up here. But, I mean, I really root for the Trojans this one. But I just look at the matchup, and it's not the most favorable of, of matchups that you wanted to get. I think if Post Falls could have drawn like a Boise or a Waihee there, I'd really look at the Trojans possibly going to win in that one, um, being the favorite. But Mountain View is just a, that's a rough, rough matchup in first first round. Um, we can go to the next round. I mean, if you look at Coeur d'Alene with the Rocky and Bora, I mean, realistically, you could get a rematch there for the Vikings, um, which with a different quarterback. I mean, that I was at that game, the Coeur d'Alene-Lewiston game. Um, Lewiston played a really tough first half in that one. And, uh, you know, so that was hats off to the Bengals. I think they just played Coeur d'Alene well, but there were so many dang turnovers in that first half. I think I counted five or six turnovers um, in the first half between the two teams. Cordelaine cleaned it up in the second half and they ran away with it. Uh, but that was a, I mean, it was a tie ball game at the half. I mean, I think it was 10 all um, at halftime in that ball game or it was 10 seven, but um, you know, the Bengals played, played neck and neck through two and a half quarters of that game. And then Cordelaine just, you know, flexed on them and got a big long pass to Jamison Kazar um, from, from Simmons. And, you know, they were off to the races. That offense looks different now with Simmons, a quarterback. Um, so, you know, I think Mountain View wins, gets that matchup against Meridian. Uh, Coeur d'Alene, I see playing Rocky at home. Um, you know, Coeur d'Alene with a different offense, that can be a different result in that ballgame because that defense is legit. That Coeur d'Alene defense is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, so I'm excited for the Coeur d'Alene-Rocky rematch if it happens and for Post Falls. Um, they just haven't had that same spark that I've seen from last year or even earlier this season. Now, the game we did Friday night or last Thursday on IdahoSports.com, Tevin Burns played on the opening drive. They they scored a touchdown, and then he didn't play again. I guess he's got a bad ankle, but he was yep. standing on the sidelines. I think they could have used him if they really needed to, but Devin Burton ran the ball great in, in relief. Um, that post-falls defense is is good. They still give up some big plays though. Like Lake yeah. City got a couple of big plays against them in the turnovers. Tur- and 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 this is what I really noticed with Post Falls. We're in the final week of the regular season, and Post Falls was having turnovers. They muffed a punt, um, penalties, uh, like procedural penalties, and they we got to the end of the first quarter, right? And you get a minute break to talk to your team. They come out before they can even run a play in the second quarter. They have to burn a timeout. And so those are the things that if you yeah. want to go deep in the playoffs, like you can't do. And so I don't know. Mountain View is working with a new quarterback now. The this sophomore Henry Davis has been starting for them the past couple of weeks because their starter was injured. This happened to Mountain View a couple of years ago where the starting quarterback got hurt right as the playoffs started. A young sophomore had to come in and they got all the way to the semifinals. So yeah. I don't know. It just looks eerily similar to me. Well, when I look at post falls too, they're not they're not at full health. I mean, you some key positions. I mean, you can talk about injuries that are going around that, that Tevin Burns is fighting an ankle. I know that, you know, Cooper Craig's been fighting injury on the defensive side of the ball too. So um, you know, but they did make some adjustments with the defensive line. They've been using Asher Bowie um, you know, as a rush end on third down and and they've been, you know, getting to the quarterback. I think they even brought in shields at DN too a couple times and got and got to the got to the QB. Um, you know, they're gonna need to get a pass rush, I think, if they're gonna really if they can you know force Mountain View to be one dimensional and you really pin your ears back and you're able to stop the run. Um, you know, that's gonna bode well. But you have, like I said, offensively though, you're gonna have to play a perfect ball game. You're gonna have to have Seven burns at full strength. You're going to have to have, 
you know, a really, really good, um, well-managed game by McCown, a quarterback. Otherwise, you know, you get a turnover or two, you're going to find yourself in a hole pretty quick because Mountain View can control on offense. You're not going to get those those second, third chances getting the ball back, um, you know, with your offense. Yep. Uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how this matchup goes. Again, it'll be Friday night on idahosports.com. All right, let's go to the 4A bracket skags where Sandpoint, the league champ, which means they got an automatic top eight seed and they got the eight seed. Actually, they got the six seed we had in our yeah. projections uh, anywhere between six and eight. Um, so they will host Bonneville, the number 11 seed. This will be on Friday night, seven o'clock in Sandpoint on IdahoSports.com. Um, also making it as an at large was Lakeland. The Hawks get the number 13 seed. They will have to travel to twin falls, the number four seed. Let's, let's start with Lakeland twin falls since it's higher up on the bracket. Lake Lakeland is like post falls. They've been banged up all year long. And I'm telling you, Twin Falls is a very, very good team. I don't know if you saw this, Skag. So you could run for mayor in Twin Falls right now, Brandon. <laughs> I saw Twitter. <laughs> yeah, every every week we do the Idaho Sports Pick Six. All the prep casters pick six games um, across the state, one from each classification, and we we pick who we think will win. Twin Falls played Minico last week. Everybody picked Minico except me, and uh, all the Twin Falls players were ready. They they had that ready to go as soon as they won on social media. Brandon's the goat. He's the only one that believed in us. I, I loved it. <laughs> well, you know, Twin, I look at that team, and you talk about team on a roll. Um, they've been proving people wrong all year. Everybody kind of com- ho-hummed about their schedule a little bit, I think, at the beginning of the year. Um, they didn't know how how legit this team was, and they've been flexing on people. And so Twins going into this game, that's a dangerous offense. They can score at will. Um, but I think the unsung part about it is that that defense is pretty good, too, in their own right, um, shutting down a, a pretty good Minico offense. Um, last week, I think they held them to, what was it, like 17 points or something like that, that – you know, yeah. that's a that's a big win for Twin and going to this one at Lakeland. I just don't think they have the firepower. Um, Lakeland obviously took care of Moscow and blanked them last week, but that's a Moscow team that's reeling. Um, I think they were kind of ready for that season to be over. Um, so, I mean, I look at Twin. I don't think they're really going to have much problem with Lakeland. I think if Lakeland can get the running game going early, it'll keep it tight early on. But if they get stalled out on a couple drives, it's they're just going to get driven away from yeah, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Hawks for sure. Um, yeah. On the, on the flip side, Sandpoint I think has a a great matchup here, taking on a Bonneville team that likes to run the football. That's kind of their identity. Well, yeah. earlier this year, uh, their star running back Tim Williams was lost for the season to a pretty gruesome leg injury. Um, Bonneville was playing rugby, and the the injury was so bad it occurred in the first quarter. The Bonneville players were so, so distraught they they called the game. They said, like, yeah. "We can't, we can't continue." Um, <clears throat> so they've had to shift things a little bit. Um, they've got another running back that they've kind of plugged in, Canyon Todd, who's good, not quite as dynamic as Williams. And for Bonneville, it's it's simple. Um, they really struggle throwing the ball. So if you can shut down the run, which Sandpoint's been pretty good at this year, yep. they're 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 going to be in a good spot. Yeah, I think Sandpoint got a great. Uh, round one matchup here as far as favorable um, seating and and just the, the the differences in the way that they play. I think Sandpoint, you know, you look at how they play against the run. Um, that's a team that's that's built to stop the run. I mean, if you look at league opponents and their schedule, they kind of build to stop that schedule. And um, 
you know, I look at Sandpoint, I think it could be close probably for the first quarter and a half. I don't think, I think it's going to take a little bit of time to get rolling. Um, I think Max Frank's going to go off. I'm calling this game, so I can't, you know, go too, too one-sided here because I'll get some some beef from the uh, the Bonneville faithful. But right. um, I think Max Frank's going to show up in a big way on Friday night. I really look at him and his senior season and, and kind of going out with his swan song. Um, you know, Sandpoint can make things interesting. If you look in the seating um, on that side of the bracket, um, you got Bishop Kelly, you got Minico and Emmett. Um, I don't look at either of those teams really threatening BK very much. Uh, Pokey's an interesting matchup if you get to that second round game. Um, not to look too far ahead, but Sandpoint Pokey could be a really fun, intriguing game if, if Sandpoint's on the on the ball. Two very similarly built teams. They run the football first, then they hit you with big pass plays downfield. Both play pretty good defense. Um, yeah. It's kind of like the Spider-Man meme where they're both pointing at each other. Sandpoint <laughs> and <Pokey. Exactly. laughs> that's a great. That's a great analogy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a fantastic quarterfinal, though. Of course, both teams got to get there, but good luck to both Sandpoint and Lakeland this week in the opening round of the playoffs, yep. um, both those Friday night. And Sandpoint on IdahoSports.com. All right, 3A bracket here, Skaggs. Uh, Timberlake won the matchup with Bonners Ferry last week. They won the Intermountain League. Uh, they are the only team to get in. Bonners wasn't quite strong enough in the at-large to get in this year. So Timberlake gets ready. The five district champions automatically get the top five seeds here for this opening round, and then it gets reseeded. So Timberlake's going to get a home game, and if they win that, then they're going to have to hit the road somewhere. Um, but they get a pretty good matchup here. American Falls, the number 12 seed, coming to Timberlake. The only Saturday game this weekend, Skaggs, and you and I will be there on the call for IdahoSports.com, which means we've got that exclusive window. Everyone's yeah. going to be tuned into us. Yeah, we get the the big the, well, it's not the big noon window, but I mean, <laughs> we, big, we get that, 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 that coveted prime time, yeah, middle midday Saturday afternoon, um, you know, in Spirit Lake. That's going to be a, a good game. I look at Timberlake, you know, if they can get the ball control offense going with the with the wing T setup that they've got, um, set up the big pass play. Meininger quarterback is a stud, um, you know. I, Maybe they come out and they show a wrinkle that we haven't seen yet, and they get some more spread looks for him to throw the ball. Um, he's he's a threat at QB. I mean, I, we had him in the in the Sugar Salem game. I know that Timberlake lost in that one, but he dominated it in the first half in the passing game. He was over, I think, well over 150 yards passing on like four attempts. Um, but he he throws a, a great ball. He's super deadly accurate. Uh, we know they can run. I mean, you got Cooper Lenz. You've got the other you know, bell cow running backs in the backfield with them um, that, you know, I like, I think Timberlake can, can easily get the victory. I don't say easily, but I think they can get the victory. I think American falls. though, you look at the schedule they've had, they're going to give them some fits. I think they can keep up athletically, but Timberlake with that offense is just uh, the misdirection and everything is it's so hard to prepare for in, in one week. That's just something that, you know, it takes a couple weeks to really get Timberlake's offense down uh, to read. So, I think the the Tigers get the win, but then you look at if it gets reseeded, um, and the top lines all win this weekend, uh, you, you, you may be hitting the road to Homedale the next week, um, which isn't going to be favorable necessarily for the Tigers, but uh, definitely a winnable first round game. Yeah, American Falls went three and five this year. They were like close in a lot of games and then just couldn't quite. They lost to Marsh Valley last week, twenty one to twelve. They led Snake River at halftime. 
and a game that basically, you know, Snake River won that and won the district. They they lost 28 to 16 to Snake River. They're a team that seems to start fast and then kind of wane as the game goes on. Yeah. Um, and so I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see, but I, I like Timberlake here in the home spot as well. That is Saturday, 1 o'clock Pacific time on IdahoSports.com. The only Saturday game happening this weekend in the state. 2A, nothing to talk about. Grangeville, your district champ, they get a bye. You'll see they're not even on here yet because after these three play-in games, everybody gets reseeded according to Max Preps. So where will Grangeville wind up? Well, I'll tell you, they can't finish any lower than five because the five district champions automatically get the top five slots. Um, so I would say Grangeville is going to be five, and we'll talk about them next week and who they're playing. Um, yep. let's go to one AD one, uh, where there's a lot of interesting talk where Logos was your league champ. They get a first round by Cami. I beat potlatch last week, um, and got second potlatch takes third and gets that third auto bid second year in a row. Prairie goes five and three. They are out of the playoff picture. Uh, that is a bummer for the pirates. Yeah. But I mean, that's just seating. Didn't, didn't really play it to the favor. I think. You know, the computer is necessarily – sorry, I just dropped something. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the the computers just didn't really like the the conference slate. I think it's the back end of the the Central Idaho League, wasn't as, or the White Pine League, I should say, uh, wasn't as strong this year. And, you know, computer-wise with the rankings, I think it hurt, um, you know, Prairie's chances of getting that out-large bid. Um, but, I mean, you look at Cameo, I mean, they – they beat the brakes off of Potlatch last week. They they're not backsliding into the playoffs necessarily, like Potlatch isn't. But uh, that Camii team is looking eerily similar to last year's team um, as they they run into the playoffs head first. Um, Potlatch has a tough matchup. That Valley game that you know we do our picks weekly. That is a in my mind it doesn't get any more close to a pick 'em in that game as you get right there. I think Potlatch gets maybe the edge there, but um, that's Man, it's it's a tough one there to to really choose a, a winner in that game, but that's going to be a, a dandy of a matchup uh, on on Friday. Yeah, it's it's a tough matchup for Potlatch. I think Valley's got a really dynamic offense. Josh Hardy, uh, dual threat quarterback, his older brother was the one AD one player of the year not that long ago. So yeah. uh, Josh Hardy's really good for Valley. Um, I did. This was the game, the one AD one game in our pick six this week. I I did pick Valley. I do think it's Valley is favored, but again, yep. Potlatch Logger Nation. If I'm wrong, I'll come back and wear it next yep. week. I would I would love to be wrong about that. As for the other game, Kamii Idaho City. I mean, if we're being honest, Idaho City shouldn't be in the playoffs. Yeah, um, they got in because their district got two auto bids in. Kamii will will win this. I think pretty easily. It could be a running clock in the third quarter. Let's be real. <laughs> yeah, look at it this one. We could have a running clock game here. Right. And and I think Kamii is well positioned to go on a deep playoff run again. They lost they lost once to Logos in, in what was kind of a head scratcher. Um, but since then they have been locked in just just like last year. And I think everybody is sleeping on Kamii. And I think yep. Kamii is loaded for bear, loaded yep. for cubs. <laughs> <laughs> well, that and they're they're getting back to to full strength too. I mean, I know that they were banged up a little bit in the middle of the year, so they're getting some dudes back. And uh, you know, it only takes one or two guys in eight man football to to find yourself back in the mix. And um, you know that that Cub team is they're going to be yeah, I think loaded for 
for a decent run in the playoffs. I realistically look at them as a semifinal team. Um, definitely. I think seeding, depending on how it shakes out coming out of this weekend could be interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then you look at Logos, I mean, they're going to be seated, you know, on a top line on one of the halves too. So, um, you know, that Logos team, if they get play in the dome on turf next week, like that, that's a dangerous matchup for somebody too. And, um, you know, how the computers like potlatch, if they sneak a win over Valley, like that's going to be interesting to see how the seating shakes out there. And yeah, we'll, we'll see how it all works out, <laughs> but it's going to be an exciting weekend. I think the only one that could be a real, I think kind of goose egg there is that Kamii Idaho city game. I really look as being Kamii's could take the bootstraps to him pretty good. Yep. I think they'll get in, get out business, business trip and uh, move on from there. Yep. All right, 1AD2 bracket Skags, our final one. Uh, we've got our two champions from the north, Mullen St. Regis and Kendrick with first-round buys. They are on the same side of the bracket. Mullen St. Regis has the home field advantage uh, throughout the playoffs. I'm telling you what, right now, if it, it and there's a lot that has to happen, but if, it, if it's Mullen St. Regis and Kendrick in this semifinal here, and I'm Mullen St. Regis and I've got the home field advantage, Man, screw the Kibby Dome. You guys are coming to Mullen to play us. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was looking at it too. I'm like, where do they play this game? Do they play at the Kibby Dome? Do they play it at Merrim Health? Do they play it at Coeur d'Alene High School? And I'm like, no, they're going to play it in somebody's backyard in the Silver Valley. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's where they're going to play that yeah. game. So, yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I would do. I'd make them come to Mullen. But uh, before we get there, uh, we got a lot to sort out here. Uh, we have... Let's start with, I think this is going to be the best game, uh, or at least the one I'm most excited about coming in for any classification, and it's this rematch down here at the very bottom. Lewis County, the second-place team from District 2, will travel to Tri-Valley, the second-place team from District 3. They played each other like three weeks ago in Cambridge, same place they're going to play on Friday. Lewis County had the lead. Tri-Valley with the ball, 10 seconds to go at the three. They try to call timeout. Official says, you don't have timeout. And in the confusion, the clock expires, but the referees are, are you know, they miss it because they're telling Tri-Valley, yeah, you don't have any timeouts. You don't have any timeouts. So Tri-Valley snaps the ball after it's the clock is run to zero. They score on a three-yard touchdown by the quarterback. As time expires, they walk off with the win over Lewis County. Um, this, to me, is the game I'm most excited for, the rematch. I'll look at it here. No, I mean, I don't – I think Coach – you know, with Lewis County, he's going to look at him and be like, leave no doubt. You know, you're, you're going to tighten the tighten the reins a little bit. And I think they take care of it. I've picked Lewis County to get the win. I think it's going to be a great game. But I think Lewis County, you know, figured something out in that loss, and they're going to come in with a little bit of a bad taste in their mouth. Um, they could make a statement early. We know they can run the ball. Um, they they could show up and, and just put it right to them and ball control them. Um, I know that they went back and forth in the previous affair, but I don't you know, Tri-Valley's coming off the loss to Garden Valley. Um, so I think Lewis County gets the win there, and they're going to have to, you know, move on to play Rockland, which is going to be a tough game for them. But um, I really do see – you can realistically see second weekend three teams are playing from up north. I mean, that's not going to be a shocker. And Clark Fork, you know, they could sneak one over Garden Valley too. There's enough offense there with, with the Wampus Cats that they could possibly get a first-round win. And, uh, you know, four teams playing on the second weekend from the up north would be absolutely insane. Yeah, that would be uh, that'd be pretty epic. Um, Lewis County lost that game to Tri-Valley by a final of 
62 to 56. So that's why I'm I'm excited for the rematch. Yeah. Uh okay, so you did mention um Clark Fork. They are the other big team we've got to talk about. Uh they with their season on the line were playing Lakeside last Friday night on idahosports.com and they um it's the fourth quarter and there's 8:30 left and they're down 20. And yeah. some idiot announcer that was broadcasting the game says, "Well, it looks like I'm going to be headed to the Mariman Health Core Center in Worley for the opening round of the playoffs next week. Not uh, so fast, my friend. <laughs> yeah, that was that was me. I said that, which number one rule in broadcasting, you never say anything declarative like that until there's like no doubt whatsoever, which I, I broke one of the sound card- like me in basketball season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I broke one of the cardinal rules of broadcasting, um, but Clark Fork rallies back. They complete the largest comeback in school history. Uh, they score the game-tying touchdown with 10 seconds to go. Ethan Howard hits uh, freshman uh, Cameron Stewart for, for the touchdown. Then Cole Minkin runs in the two-point conversion, and Clark Fork wins 44-42. to 42. This game was wild. You yeah. had... Everybody was banged up. You had Cole Minkin, who started the year on the offensive line. They've since moved him to running back, complete with him still wearing the jersey number 52. He's just trucking kids when he runs the football. A freshman makes two of the biggest catches of the game uh, for a pair of touchdowns. Uh, Ethan Howard. So they came in with the plan of we're going to run the ball, control the clock. Well, they get down 20. They have to completely chuck the game plan out the window and exclusively pass. Ethan Howard's arm is like banged up. He's like given everything he's got. The center is having teammates pull on his shoulder in between plays to get it like back into place. At one point, at one point, Coach Patrick Young looks over at his sideline and six of his eight starters are all on the sideline with injuries. He goes, I turned to a freshman kid that has been playing DN for us a little bit. And I said, hey, can you play DB? And the kid's like, no, I'm a DN. And he's like, well, you're an athlete. Go out there and just figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) Go cover somebody. (laughs) I mean, this this is what they were reduced to. And they still they found a way to win, which was impressive. Now. I hope everybody can get healthy. That's my only concern in this yeah. in this matchup with Garden Valley is, okay, they've got to be healthy because Garden Valley, despite finishing third in their district, is a good team, and so they're going to need to be at full strength. Yeah, and that's that's the going into that game. I mean, you got some some big names that were absent from the stat sheet uh, in your game that you had on Friday night, but you know to get the win was huge just to make it in. Um, you know, for Clark Fork, it was do or die, and they, they were able to get the job done. But, um, you know, is there going to be a letdown this week because of the whole hype was to get in and they found a way to win, but now they have to actually find a way to get a game plan together with what they've got left? Or if they get some guys back, you know, what's that do with the mix and the continuity within the lineup and everything? But, um, yeah, I mean, they've got a, that that Garden Valley team's tough. They're physical. That That conference is, I think, one of the tougher conferences in the state. Um, at 1AD2, just from the balance within, you know, who's there. Um, Council, obviously, we know coming out of that conference is historically a really strong program. Um, you know, Tri-Valley pushed them, and but, you know, Garden Valley got the win uh, last weekend. So I we didn't have to pick that game, luckily. So we had to pick the Lewis County game. But, um, you know, like I said, if you can get four teams in the second weekend from North District 1 and District 2, that's that's a huge deal. Uh, for North Idaho, especially at 1AD2 football, but we know how good Kendrick is. But, 
yeah, I mean, it's going to take a perfect kind of recipe on Friday night for, for Clark Fork to get the win over Garden Valley. Yep, for sure. It's going to be really interesting to see how this all shakes out, but the football playoffs are here, uh, and we are covering three games, uh, actually four games in North Idaho, Ryan. Friday night, we will be at Post Falls for a 7 o'clock kickoff. We will be in Sandpoint. You will be in Sandpoint for a 7 o'clock kickoff. I will be in Clark Fork. I'm going back. Who knows? I may <laughs> they, never leave. <laughs> they allow you to come back. You sound like me and Sandpoint. Where they like wanted to get me an apartment two years ago, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That's right. I'll be in Clark Fork Friday night, seven o'clock as well. And then you and I will be together at Timberlake Saturday, 1 p.m. against uh, American Falls. We are broadcasting 17 first round playoff games across the state this weekend. And if you want to see the full schedule of games we're covering, just click on the game streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com. All right, Ryan, uh, I'm ready for the playoffs. Are you? I'm I'm ready to go. I mean, we've been warmed up and ready for this. I think we've been trying to lead up our conversations probably for the last three weeks, waiting for this week, and now it's here, and the brackets are set, game times are set, and we're ready to go. So it's going to be a an exciting weekend of football, and you know, there's going to be some some awesome matchups statewide. So I'm looking forward to next week, kind of breaking everything down too. Yep. All right. Well, for Ryan Skaggs, I'm Brandon Bainey. Thank you for tuning into the North Idaho PrepCast, everybody. Um, enjoy the competition, whether it's state volleyball or uh, state football. State cross country is this week as well. We'll talk more about that on next week's show as we are hitting the uh, the sprint. We're hitting the turbo button on Madden here. We're, we're sprinting. <laughs> We're sprinting to the finish line, that's for sure. So uh, thanks for tuning in to the North Idaho PrepCast, everybody. We'll see you next time on IdahoSports.com.